Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Behind the Line podcast, where we discuss all things related to the Super Retriever Series. Hey, everybody, I'm your host, David Hamilton, and if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, today's guest was actually on just a few episodes ago. A couple months back, we had the pleasure to chat with Scott Greer, a guy who's no stranger to the Super Retriever Series, uh, but came back this year after taking a few years off, qualified for the crown, and now that we're doing uh, our episodes here where we're talking to first, second, and third place in both the open and amateur divisions, uh, pleasure to have Scott back on the show because Scott and his dog, Tess, finished second place this year at the crown championship. So, Scott, thanks for taking some time to chat with us once again. Yes, sir. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Now, before we get started here, I do want to take a quick moment to say thank you to our sponsor, Yukonuba. The Super Retriever Series Crown Championship and the Behind the Line Podcast Series are both brought to you by Yukonuba, the leader in premium nutrition for sporting and working dogs. As I mentioned a few moments ago, Scott Greer, uh, Scott, you were a guy who, no stranger at all to the Super Retriever Series. In fact, the number seven years, is that correct? You qualified seven years in a row for the crown back earlier in the early 2000s? Yeah, something like that. Yes, sir. And then you took a couple years off. Tell us again, for maybe those people that didn't listen to the previous episode, why you decided to kind of step away from the Super Retriever Series for a few years. Um, it, it was just uh, a business decision. You know, I needed to uh, – uh, I was pursuing – running the master national uh and you know just wasn't the time wasn't there to do do it all you know uh didn't really feel like at the time i had the dogs that i needed to compete and so we just uh we just stepped away from it and uh uh and just you know i, I got here in the just the last little bit the uh, last couple of years i've gotten some dogs that are really 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 talented and some clients that were interested so we decided to get back in and man you got back in and and what a performance it was you qualified multiple dogs this year from a handler perspective is that easier going into the crown with more than one dog knowing that maybe you have more than one bullet in the gun oh oh absolutely absolutely yeah you uh you uh you know anytime you got multiple chances at it it helps, and then, you know, uh, it gives you, you know, you you get a, you get chances to run the test and learn, and, uh, you know, I better not do that next time, you know, type thing, and, you know, oh, I better not point them in that direction, <laughs> you know, or, you know, oh, I didn't know that dip was there, you know, things you learn, and, uh, you know, obviously you're lower point dog is the one you run last, so by the time, if you got a couple by the time you get to the one that's 
in the league, you know, you've learned some things. So, you know, I guess it it helps some other dogs, but I guess you know who some of them kind of guinea pigs, so to speak, you know. And but uh, but yeah, anytime you can step to the line multiple times, it it, it helps. Did you come into the weekend or the week, I should say, for the Super Retriever Series Crown Championship this year? Did you come into the week thinking Tess was kind of going to be your bell cow or was it just kind of, hey, I'll take them all up there and whichever one performs best, then we'll kind of go from there? Yeah, well, obviously all three are plenty capable. Um, I was handicapped a little bit with Josie. We were, we've been dealing with some hearing loss issues and uh, – uh, Josie's plenty capable of, of winning that thing, but she, uh, we've been doing that, so we've had to step back, change some whistles, and get some different frequencies going to so that we can get her to stop. Josie's owner, she belongs to George Hampton, and they kill a, you know, they kill the gajillion ducks, and she's a hunting dog too, so kind of uh, hurt her hearing just a little bit, and I think we're going to be okay on that. Next this year, I think we found a whistle that'll work. And and Rue, my other a little female, has been off just a little bit. She's been having some, going through some false pregnancies and a lot of hormonal problems, and so she wasn't really on her game. And Tess was clicking on all cylinders going into this thing. So, I mean, to answer your question, I felt like I felt like Tess was was going to be my shot at this deal you get down to shreveport and Bossier city uh and you know that first test uh, you didn't know going into it obviously you knew there was going to be some combination through the five series of hunt savvy hunt test field trials etc didn't know going into the first one you know what kind of test you were going to get so you mm-hmm. get up there and the judges kind of give you the test dog and walk you through that first series can you just kind of walk us through your recollection of of that first series and how you thought test did um, I thought tested great. Um, I actually, what was the most surprising for me on the first series was the scoring was really high, and I and they had like when I got tested score, I was like, wow, you know, I I was probably I don't know, I can't remember. I was probably thirty or forty points difference in what they were. Now they were they were totally consistent across the board they were high with everybody but so it was i was really it made me really anxious because i didn't really i i I was so off base from what they were seeing that i didn't know what i didn't really know what to do (laughs) i'm like i'm more you know so i was trying to figure out what they were looking at but you know it was it was a it was a, a a lot of decoys big hunt savvy snow goose remote uh, uh see it you know and uh it, you know just a lot going on with the with the speakers and the decoy you know the, the electronic call for snow geese and uh, a lot going on there you know um but you know i felt really good with tess you know she's a hunting dog so she i, I wasn't i wasn't a bit concerned about anything really uh, and, and she, I mean, that one blind that couldn't anybody do very well. I mean, I, I think I one whistled that blind and, uh, 
anyway so and i thought we did really well we hunted one little short bird that was kind of buried up in the decoys there but other than that we we cleaned it up real nice and we we had a high score but we had a overall we had a really good score so so uh but uh you know we kind of you know kicked it right off the right off the bat you know did real well so that was that was nice yeah, that feedback that you've had, you know, some others have had as well. That the I think everyone's in agreement that the scores were really high, but they were consistently high. Meaning, mm-hmm. hey, my, they were higher than I anticipated. I got, but but everybody's were high. And, and I'm sitting here. It was funny because you're right. In, in any other event, if you if you post a 109 in the first series, you're like, all right, I'm pretty far back. But mm-hmm. in, in that mm-hmm. test, that's a good score. I mean, I'm looking here uh, of the of the dogs that finished first through sixth, right? So mm-hmm. Stroker got an 85 on that first series. You got a 109. Uh, mm-hmm. Abby and Stephen Durrance got a 164. Mason and Stephen Durrance got a 180. Shooter and Lee Howard got a 199. And Jordan and Lyle Steinman got a 148. Now, certainly those weren't the top six dogs after the first series, but they were all mm-hmm. in contention because they were the, the final six. But, mm-hmm. yeah, man, mm-hmm. you come out of that and you see they put a 109 up for you and you're sitting there thinking, well, that's a high score, but so is everybody else's. So I, I mm-hmm. can imagine, tell me if I'm wrong, that you felt pretty good with that 109. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. You're not going to win it in the first series, no way. And so, you know, as long as I'm in the fight, you know, that's about all you can ask for with a week to go, you know. And so, yeah, but, you know, it made me real anxious because I didn't, I'm I'm like, what are, you know, because what you're trying to do, you're trying to figure these guys out. What are they looking for? Am I blind or do my blinds need to be tighter? You know, am I letting them hunt too much? Do I need to handle quicker? You know, so you're trying to trying to figure out what they're thinking, so that you can el- eliminate more points down the road. And so, luckily, I don't know that I ever really got on the same page as the judges. And luckily, Tess just did well enough that that it didn't matter. <laughs> I was just about to ask that, man. Was there ever a point where you're like, all right, I know what these guys are looking for here. Did you just go up there and pick them up as clean as no, you could and said, they'll no, give me whatever score they give me. No, I, I think I only thing I think I, I, I do think that they were really, really hammering you for a hunt, like way more than what I'm used to. And so other than that, um, uh, I think, you know, I, and I and I and at the very end when I you know I when Stroker run the last series when we got through with the finals, I realized that you know I probably could have been a little closer to him if I had just handled quicker on some situations uh, because he was handling re- he was really quick to handle that last series and come out pretty decent. Right. So so um, but uh, but anyway I I felt like. You know, with everything that I did, we were, you know, we we were right there. We had a chance to win that thing right there at the end. So I, I hate to beat myself up too much. <laughs> no, I, absolutely, man. You were yeah. in the hunt all weekend. I think every time I looked, every time I looked at a score and we saw the updated score sheet, you know, Scott Greer was up there near the top, maybe first, maybe second, maybe third, somewhere in there at all times, but always up mm-hmm. there near the top. Mm-hmm. You talked about yeah. Tess as a hunting dog, and that that first series was a was a hunt savvy type, you know, test with with the snow geese, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Series two was also a uh, so we went from a hunt savvy test to more of a traditional hunt test. Uh, series two, and and Tess posted a forty five, which if I remember was either the the second or third best score overall uh, mm-hmm. on that series. So uh, 
was that just a testament again to, to her strength as a hunting dog and being in, in that type of environment? Yeah, more regularly yeah, than maybe yeah, some it's of the field trial dogs? Yeah, it's just a testament to her to, overall. She, it, it really doesn't matter with her. She, you know, she can go long. She, she can really, she can just do it all, you know. And uh, I think she's just hit her prime, you know, right, right now. And, and uh, it really, I, it really didn't matter what they threw. She was on, man. And uh, so, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just a testament to her what, how, uh, just how talented she is, you know. How long have you been training, Tess? Um, I've had her for, I can't really remember, maybe three years, four years, something like that. Um, actually, Tess was, was trained by Steve Eric on the front end. He, he got her, uh, I mean, I think he got her grand, and and maybe uh, she might even been a master hunter when she came. I don't really, I can't even remember, but Steve did a lot of it. And uh, and Steve uh, took a took a break from the retriever training, and uh, he he I was lucky enough to be picked to to take this one on. All I had to really do, I'd had to teach her the white coat game, and right. uh, and, uh, and 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 stretch her out a bit. But 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 kudos to Steve. You know he did he did an awesome job building this dog. Let's talk about the white coat there for a second, because that was Series 3. Series 3, for the, for those of you who either weren't in Shreveport, Bossier City, or, or didn't tune in to the, to the live stream, was a, a real big field trial. It was a, a long field trial. Uh, it was in the middle of the day. It was hot out there. Uh, just tell us a little bit about the test itself and, and about you and Tess, how you went into it after you'd seen you know several other dogs run before you. Uh, and and what you thought of of both that test and how Tess handled that test? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I went into it with the notion of I wasn't gonna let her get too hot. She, you know, she's older, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, my my deal was I'm just gonna handle when I need to handle, and. Um, and I'm just not gonna let her let her get too hot, and because uh, we were running when when we ran, it was in the middle of the day, and it was it was really hot, and uh, so I uh, you know I it was a it was just a a big triple with two retired birds, uh, and uh, and she she went out and forked the 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 go bird, which which was, I don't remember, probably 200, 250. And the right-hand bird was retired. It was probably 300, something like that. And uh, she went out there and got that one pretty pretty good. She, you know, she was kind of left and then hooked, you know, which was come in off the down one side and hooked in there and got that bird. And then I was just going with the, the long retired, which I can't really remember what the, yardage was it was around 400 i think i just gonna point and shoot you know if i had to handle i was gonna handle because there was a lot of handling going on and uh i man i pointed that she 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 never veered man she went straight out there and i thought she was gonna just go out there and stick her nose on it mm-hmm. and she couldn't have missed that thing three feet on or four feet on the upwind side and it had a lot of 
it was the the, the depth perception on it because that was a flat field. It was nothing. I mean, it was just flat as a as a football field, man, just flat. And and when you, when you got out there to the bird, there was one little couple of little 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 low spots out there where you would lose them. Yep. And it was hard to tell when they, you know, whether that was even with the bird or behind the bird or whatever. And I was going to blow the whistle if she missed it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Have I mentioned to you that I'm getting older and my eyes aren't as good as they used to be? <laughs> I, I, I thought, so when she come out of that little ditch, I actually thought she was coming back. Right. And she was, and then, but she wasn't. She was still going. And uh, by the time I realized what what was going on, she was six hundred yards. She was all the way at the other end of that field, and uh, I'm like, oh, I've lost this dog. She ain't because some of those dogs had had trouble hearing the whistle out there, and uh, right. And so I, I blew the whistle, and she responded. He, she heard it. And I just tweeted her back. She comes straight back. I, I don't. I can't remember. I may give a couple casts or whatever. I can't remember, but she picked it right up and come on in. I. I mean, I, I don't know if it was her or me that bailed us out right there, but we come real close to going home. And uh, you know, hindsight twenty twenty. I when she went through that dip, I should have. I should have blowed right there. You know. That, well, you're that, right, man. And I'm gonna tell you that right there. That that bird. If she picks that bird up. We win. Oh, I don't doubt it. I mean, we were there. So for those that weren't watching, we were there. And, and Jay Paul uh, Jackson and Rody Best and myself were calling it on the live stream. And, and you're right. There was a lot of things to consider there. So it's a, it's yeah. a, that, that long bird's probably 400 yards. You're right. It's about a football field's length. A, you're dealing with the elements. It's 95 degrees outside. It's really hot out there. B, some of the older dogs can't hear the whistle. See, to your point, some of the older handlers can't see the dog, right? There's a dip. <laughs> There's a dip where you don't know, wait a minute, is the bird on this side of the dip or the other? Right, right. And you see so, some dogs go out there, and you're right. On that one bird, we were all like, we're all kind of squinting looking out there like, where is Tess near the bird? Is where is Tess far off? But yeah. you, you're right. Once you realize that, that she was offline, you brought her back on, and she picks it up. She didn't pick it up as clean as you would have liked. And I agree, you probably win the crown if she picks that up. Mm -hmm. But – it was a remarkable recovery on your part um, yeah, as a handler. Yeah. And so in that moment, talk us through, you know, what you're thinking about, like, oh, crap, she's over there. I got to bring her back this way. Yeah, well, I just, I was just scared she wasn't going to hear it. And I was just going to lose her, you know. And I was so far from the bird at that point. I was so deep. I did online to the bird still, but I was deep. And I was just scared that I, I wasn't, she wasn't going to hear the whistle. And I wasn't going to, I had got, gotten, in a point where I wasn't going to recover. And uh, when I blew that whistle and she sat, that was, you just can't imagine what kind of relief. You know, I'm like, oh, my, thank you, Lord. And uh, good Lord was on my side on that one because, I, I, you know, I had definitely let her get too far. And uh, sometimes you roll the bones thinking, you know, you're trying to get this done clean and going for it. You know, and that's the thing, man. You can... That's what makes this game so much fun is, you know, is, is trying that strategy of, you know, do you, 
you know, do you blow or do you, do you gamble and roll the bones and go for it or, you know what I mean? And, and you know, right there, I about rolled the bones too, too much. And uh, anyway, it worked, it worked out, thankfully. I remember we were talking on the, the live stream and with different handlers, not even just you, but, you know, talking about, well, what's he thinking here? What's he doing there? And Rody goes, look, it's real easy. He goes, it's like football. It's real easy to be the Monday morning quarterback. He goes, it's real easy for us or the people over there in the gallery or people watching at home to go, I wouldn't have done that. I'd have done it differently. When you're yeah. up there on the line, man, you got, you got to make a split second decision. And, and sometimes it's harder to make that decision than it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, too, once you start blowing, and handling if they don't respond like you want them to you know they're 400 yards out there you know you once you blow it and you start handling then you know it can go south really quick and you can lose that whole deal right there you're, you're just hoping that they go out there and get it on their own and I, i've never been so close to stabbing a you know that bird and I, I mean i couldn't have got any closer and not got it you move me four feet to the left and i and i pick it up clean i mean, with no hunt you know and it, and it uh you know that's how that's how close and we do that we probably win you know and uh we got one other thing that's gonna come up later i'm sure you're gonna ask me about that if it doesn't happen we probably win <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure man uh luckily though you know we cut the field after again after the third series and and you and tess hey you're 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 hanging tough there you put up a 109 a 45 and a 101 so you you head on into series four and Series four, I think you put up probably the best score we saw, just a 30. I mean, you went out there and just hammered series four. Series four was that one that was kind of down that hill, and there was a a blind actually kind of close to, to one of the marks. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and some people approached it differently. Some people went ahead and, and you know, saved that mark for last because they didn't want the dog to, to miss the mark and go pick up the blind. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, picked up other ones, and it was a different strategy for different handlers. What was your approach there in Series 4 going kind of down that valley a little bit and, and then having to come back up on that other side? And there was a water element, if I remember correctly, in, in Series 4, if you got over to the right too far. So mm-hmm. just talk us through mm-hmm. that a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, if I remember correctly, I just – I got that bird out of the way. Right. I think you did too. Yeah. I, I, Tess is an extremely good marker. There's been times in the past that she's actually we've DQ'd by picking up poison birds, and so I, that was fresh on my mind. I think that happened in Pin Oak a couple of years ago. Uh, they had a bird thrown on a point, and you you had to run a blind by the on you got out on the point that the bird was on, and then had to get off. And she if she if she if her eyes see it, it it gets really really tough to get her to leave it alone. And uh, so I, I just didn't fool around with it. She's a good enough marker that I, you know I knew I could, I could get all that other stuff picked up pretty pretty good. And so I just when all the birds was down, I just wheeled her, pulled her off the go bird, wheeled her around there, and picked that bird up and got it out of the way. That way I didn't lose her on it. Yeah, because there were some. I remember some. They got too close, and they're over there. They're looking for that mark, and they get right by that blind. And I was sitting there going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty close." But she went and got it. She got the mark, and then picked up the rest Mm -hmm. of them, and then and then did the blind pretty well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was a couple of whistles, maybe one whistle. I can't remember, but pretty pretty slick on that on that deal. 
So we head into the finals. You have a score of 285. Clark mm-hmm. has a score of 232. So you're behind by 53 points. Uh, mm-hmm. and maybe a regular year, 53 might be unattainable. But as we've already kind of talked here, you know, people are putting up scores all weekend of, you know, in the 100s, 200s, anything like that. So mm-hmm. did you feel like you had a good shot heading into Series 5? Like, all right, I, I got a chance to win this thing. Oh, yeah. 50 points was nothing with those guys. That's one bird. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, I, oh, yeah, I absolutely felt like I had every shot in the world. You know, it was a lot of lungs and water. It was a very, you know, it took a lot out of the dog. It was very, very stressful on the dog. It was so much lunging and running and, you know, and it was big. And I, I, I really, I really was hoping, you know, in my mind, I'm like, Stroker's pretty old, man. Is he going to run out of gas right here? And he and he pretty much did. I think he 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 did because he handled on, I think, three out of four birds or something like that. And uh, um, it wasn't it wasn't his best run, and it wasn't mine either. It was probably my worst run of the of the whole whole deal. But uh, I had that. If you remember correctly, I, I had the long punch bird that was last. And she's, there's no doubt in my mind, she's fishing to go out there and kill that bird. And she's running in this, this in this little mud flat, and her little kildees are out there prancing around. And when she hit that dry land, they started flying and tweeting. And she, it made, it made her pop. She, 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 she heard that, and she sat. It was the most unfortunate timing of anything that could have happened. Oh, I was like, I knew exactly what had happened when it, when she did it, which forced me right into a handle. And then I think she thought I didn't want her to pick it up. And, and, you know, and so it wasn't a terrible thing. I mean, I mean, we handled it well. Uh, uh, I think, you know, overall we did fine. Once that happened, I don't think it made the wheels run off, so to speak, but, it was a difference in winning and not is, you know, if she picks that bird up clean, then I think it's, I don't know if we win, but it is it, definitely a real, a lot tighter deal. How frustrating is that? And, and, and what I mean by that is it's no fault of anyone's. It's not, it's, it's not the judges. It's not, you know, it, it's no one's fault, but, you knew you're going out there. Okay, we're gonna. This is gonna be a tough test. There's gonna be some running water. That that one long bird was way back there behind that brush pile. There was a poison bird. The judges did what we expected them to do in series five if we truly wanted to crown the best dog. And then your dog gets the most unfortunate circumstance that right as you send the dog out, like you said, some birds fly over and they make noise. And so she looks up, like whoop whoop, and she pops. She stops, like well, what's going on? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those, those birds, it's terribly frustrating. I I can't even put into words, you know, of how unfortunate that was for that to happen at that point. You know what I mean? Happens at a weekend test, so what? All right, back. You just handle on through it and be done. And the judges can take that in consideration and make it right and all that. But in this situation – it is what it is and and it's uh it's just it's just terribly frustrating but you know man uh, uh you know i'm 
I'm pretty, I'm, I'm a realist and, you know, and things. It's just, that's just with me, that's just life. You know, we're all going to have things that happen that times when we really wished it wouldn't. And to me, it just, it's just with me, it's just how well do you deal with it? You know, do you just say, all right, well, bad deal and move on and smile? Or do you get really, you know, does it just destroy you? So, you know, with me, we're just going to come back and, We'll try it again. Maybe we win it next time. You got to be proud of her, though, right? Finish second oh, overall. Yeah, I'm. To- I'm really proud. I'm. I'm really proud because, you know, I've always just kind of not really ever done well when I got there, and to be right there in the middle of it, you know, the whole time was super fun, super exciting for me and for the for the client and um, Lance Kaufman and those that owns test um you know he was watching it on tv the whole time and or on the computer or whatever and and it was a lot of fun we 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 uh it meant it meant the world to me to be able to 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 be right there in the middle of it well scott we're we're glad you're back man like we said at the beginning of the of the podcast you took a little break there uh but now you're back competing um, before I, I ask you about this coming season, I do need to pay some bills here, as we like to say. I'm going to take another quick break here to do another quick commercial. Uh, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor again, Yukonuba. Sporting dogs give us everything we can ask for, and then some. Their nutrition should do the same for them. You can find more information about Yukonuba at yukonubasportingdog.com. Also, follow them on social media, Facebook, and Instagram. Their username is Yukonuba Sporting Dog. We are talking to Scott Greer, the runner-up this year with Tess at the 2021 Super Retriever Crown Series or Crown Championship. Um, Scott, the good news is you finished second, so you automatically qualify for 2022 mm-hmm. uh, with Tess. But but you mentioned earlier you had a couple other dogs that, that qualified this past year, and I imagine at some point you're going to probably try to qualify them and, and probably run Tess in, in some capacity in this upcoming uh, 2022 Super Retriever Series uh, event calendar. I'm, I'm looking at it now, you know, the year kicks off February 18th and then kind of culminates, uh, with events throughout the whole year. Um, and then, you know, it culminates down there uh, October 11th through 16th back in, in Shreveport and Bossier city. So what mm-hmm. does 2022 hold for, for Scott Greer and, and for Tess and for your other dogs? Yeah. Um, yeah, we got, we got the same crew, um, uh, Josie Rue, Tess and, uh, Got a couple of uh, new ones up and coming. Uh, you know, Remy, uh, owned by uh, Bo Lofel and uh, and uh, Z- uh, Zeppelin. They're both litter mates. Remy and Zeppelin are litter mates, owned by Jimbo and Valerie Collins. And uh, uh, be looking for those two names, uh, Remy and Zeppelin. They're they're uh, they're they're superstars. They're gonna they're gonna be there. Uh, I, you know, and they'll be in the mix. They'll be, and uh, so, yeah, we got we got a, a lot of nice dogs that we're we're gonna try to put in there and do well with. And uh, we got Pete and Axel and and a uh, lot a lot of names, a lot of good ones. So uh, Bogart and then 
Uh, the list goes on. So, man, I'm just loving some of these dogs' call names, man. This yeah. is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you get a lot uh, of the same old ones over and over, and I, I'm looking yeah. at it. And I'm like, hey, man, these yeah. make the crown. I'll get a little, have a little fun there. Talk yeah, absolutely. Step into the line. Here's Bogart, Remy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so we're excited. You know, I'm not sure. Just, you know, I'm not going to probably be able to hit all of them. Like to be in the Yukonuba team of the year now. What is yeah. it? Uh, I probably won't be able to do that because we, you know, we're. We get in here in February, March, grands in April. So, you know, we're going to be really pinning our ears back, trying to get ready for that. And then, uh, and then we'll, you know, after that, I'm sure we'll, we'll start hitting some of those SRSs pretty hard. And then, uh, and then we, you know, of course, we got the Master National in September out in Washington and, uh, and then, uh, a grand again. So, but we're going, we're going to hit as many as we can. And uh, try to punch some of them, some of them in the crown. So we got more, more than one bullet, and and uh, hopefully next year we can win this thing. Hopefully next year, man, no birds fly over in the middle of series five yeah. when it's your turn. And, I don't uh, know, man. I got that Scott Greer look. You just don't, <laughs> you, just, you just don't ever know. <laughs> hey, but we I, were proud of you this this year, man. We were super proud of you, man, and you, yeah, and you should be proud of yourself. Yeah, I, I, I felt, I, you know, I felt it. I felt everybody was pulling for me, and you know, the old white haired guy up there. They, you know, they wanted, they wanted to. I think. A lot of them were torn. They wanted, they knew Strokers last year, and they wanted to see him go out on top. And then they wanted the old man to do well too. So I, you know, it's all good and uh, just, just fortunate to, you know, I'm glad that my health's good and I'm able to continue to roll like this, and I'm gonna do it long as it'll let me. Awesome, man. Well, we're we're very grateful that you came back to the Super Retriever Series, and I personally am grateful that you were my guest. Uh, not just willing to be on the show once, but now twice. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so thanks for that. And uh, before we let everybody go, one thing that that I recently loved looking at. If you head on over, everybody, to the Super Retriever Series Facebook page, uh, Shannon's been putting up some some great photos the last few months from the Crown. And there's a there's a post back on November second that's specifically about Scott and Tess. And you know, field dog imagery took a lot of, of pictures when we were there in, in Shreveport, Mosier City. And there's just some really great photos of Scott and Tess. I think the last one's my favorite. It's it's it was taken during that first series, and it's a picture of Tess, and she's coming back, and she's got the she's got the bird there in her mouth, and she's in kind of a field of snow geese, and she just looks so happy, man. loves loves what she's doing, and you can certainly see some pictures mm-hmm. of Scott up there. You look you look proud of her, and uh, but you also look you know intensely focused, as we always know that the mm-hmm. handlers are at the line. So uh, best of luck to you. Um, in the year ahead, I'm, I'm sure we'll see you around, and uh, hopefully next year you'll uh, you'll be our crown champion. But but thanks for taking some time to chat with us here today. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good night. All Bye. right. See ya. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. Six eight Western. Oh, mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.